at all holiday break but we are back with season two we have new games new shows new conversations some older games that we've touched on before we're going right back to the money pit (laughs) but uh boy are we happy to be glad uh we are happy to be back uh to my right still sitting here nick introduce yourself tell me what you've been doing hi i'm nick and i've been playing video games Wow. Must be nice. Must be nice. I ain't playing <laughs> you no, I, I, I got a list of games right here, so I've been playing video games too. Michael, yes. you have not been playing video games. You've been very busy. I've been very busy, but I had I do have a couple of things I've been playing here and there over after Christmas and must everything. Be nice. I wanna... It must be <laughs> You know, Nick's a little bit upset with us, I think. Because we kind of set them up. We talked about all the video games we've been playing, then coming on here trying to front and act like we ain't had any time to play video games. <laughs> um Nah, man, it's we're very glad to be back. I miss doing the show. Uh, this, um, after the week I've had, I needed, I needed this. Yeah. I need to sit down and just talk about video games for. We we missed you, listeners. We missed you. Um, we are so excited about season two. Season two is going to have a lot of new stuff. Uh, I feel like we really are going to hit our stride this season. And I feel like I'm going to say the same thing with season three and season four and season five. But I really feel like we have a ton of cool stuff planned. I'm excited about today's conversation because we're going back to the game that kind of kick-started the show with the uh, our first game, Alan Wake, going back and playing the specials here today. Um, if you didn't know, that's what we're playing today. We're uh, talking about special number one and special number two. I believe number one is the signal and number two is the writer. That's right, yes. Um, but before that, let's talk about some other video games. You know, We've had a little bit of time. Uh, Nick, tell me about some video games you've been playing. Oh, man. I, like probably both of you, got a few extra games over the holidays. You know, even... Some. Yeah. <laughs> the older I get, that's still like my favorite thing. Yeah. I tell my wife every year, like, oh, you don't have to get me anything. But then the Amazon list still like finds its way into her email, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so tell me about those video games. All right. So I played some Hades. Been hearing a lot about that recently. Look, look, look at that. A lot, of, a lot of Game of the Year stuff. Look at that. 80s. That's on my list of games I've been playing, too. Yeah, that uh, say now that it's too far gone that if I played this last year, it'd probably be on my top ten. Yeah, yeah, hmm. it probably would have been on my top ten also. Uh, but anyways, it's a roguelike. Roguelike. Which one is it, Eric? Roguelike. You can say that with 100% authority. No, not at all. Okay. But I'm from, what I hear about, from what I hear about it, it sounds more like a light in terms of that you gain, um, you keep a lot of your experience and progression stuff in between runs. Whereas yes. in a roguelike is more like it wipes your progress and you get kind of like one or two things. Is It's all just... Um, superfluous terms at this point like it doesn't mean what it used to how dare you <laughs> I, i'm just sitting here i just realized only one of us at the table really knew the difference of those two games it wasn't me <laughs> and it was not me <laughs> thank you michael this is this is why i love michael on the show because he's able to be like here's some actual facts and me and nick over here being like oh no you played the video game huh? but yeah it's man it's pretty good yeah i mean it reminds me a lot of dead cells and the way that the combat works but it 
you know, probably you've already heard if you know about Hades, uh, it takes a a liking to the story like any other roguelike I've never played. Uh, hmm. So it, it really goes in depth. Like there's a mainline story. There are reasons why you're doing this. Uh, each character you have banter with and it changes between runs. Uh, that's probably where that game shines, in my opinion, other than the combat feeling really, really good. The combat's great. Um, the only problem is I've hit a point where my skill level is not at the point that I can continue to progress. So I feel like I'm not progressing the story at a rate that I kind of want to because I really like what I saw of the story. Like, I hit the first bars, was stuck on the first bars for like 10 runs, and then got all the way to like the fourth bars yeah. in the next run. And so, like, I don't know what story I would have got if I would have died on the second or third boss. So, it's like this weird thing where, like, I'm at the point now where I can't beat that fourth boss. So, I'm like, the story continues, but it's not progressing at the same rate, if this makes any sense at all. I think Mm -hmm. the way that it's designed is that you have, I would say, main encounters with uh, other people based on what you've gone through so if you've beat the first boss everybody typically has something to say about that uh and and you're gonna die enough to where you kind of run through these other side stories with the characters uh just by virtue of dying a thousand times it's a given in a game like this you're gonna hit a brick wall at some point and get stuck and they thought ahead to it's cool that the game like accounts for that yeah and like makes up for that because some of the other roguelikes i played like a crypt of the necro dancer it's like uh either there's very minimal story or it's just like well you're stuck in this loop until you get to the next thing yeah and that's not like this at all like you can die like i've died i've beat the first bars then got to like Mm -hmm. the fourth bars and then died again on the first boss, and those new dialogue options referencing the fact that you died again to that boss that you've already beaten. Like, it's a very well-thought-out game. Like, it, it's constantly taking in consideration the fact that you might getting might be not getting as far every single run, mm-hmm. and so it's still, like, be like, oh, she got me this time, or that was I probably deserved that after last time. That it, kind of stuff. This sounds really cool. I really want to play this. This sounds like an extension on what I really liked about Into the Breach. Because mm-hmm. Into the Breach, like, uh, if you guys have played it, uh, yeah. you send one of your pilots, you're, like, you choose a pilot to send back in time, so you start out with a stronger character on the run. And I believe that pilot will make, unless I'm misremembering, some comments, like, oh, this is going much better than last time, like, on a dialogue tree, or yeah. like a dialogue screen in between missions. So that kind of helped flesh out what's going on, makes each run, like, tied to the overall story. So this sounds like a more fully realized version of that. Also, like, the the character, it's a Greek mythology kind of mm-hmm. lineup, basically, but they're not done in a way that feels generic. Like, it's not, that's, I've it's seen. It's not Immortals Phoenix Rising, from what I've seen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen those kind of characters so many times in video games that it's like, oh, here you're running into Hades, and it's like, well, uh, here we go. But they're, they're not done in a way that's generic. They feel interesting. You can still recognize them for who they are in mythology. They're archetypes, so they they all fit like a, sim, a yeah, mold across each of their... Um, but they give them some depth. That's cool. Like, they feel like... A, they don't feel like... A, you know, even like Ares is not like some like... I'm mad war, and yeah, I want war. Like, <laughs> he's got some depth to him. And like the different gods bestow different abilities on you that's, that's like cool. your kind of 
And I feel like, and Nick, you can kind of correct me here if I'm wrong, but I feel like depending on each run, you kind of start leaning towards one god per run. If at least I do, you know, like the run might start you off with like uh, Artemis as your god that's kind of helping you, and you can get powers from other ones. But I kind of find it like Neptune particular. I really like his stuff he gives you. Yeah, he's pretty good. So it's pretty cool. Like you can kind of side yourself with a particular god each run and gain abilities from them. Yeah, there's a uh, a thing which are we'll call them souls because that's what they are. But you get uh, persistent currency that you can spend. Uh, there is down that tree. Uh, the more different gods that you choose boons from, you get just a straight up damage buff per god. Uh, so that kind of incentivizes that and then later on in your runs not to ruin anything for you but there are like duo skills where there's like an interaction between two different gods that uh is different per god based on their you know history and the mythology um this is the the developer is the same people that did pyre and bastion which are like widely heralded for just amazing storytelling so for them to bring that to a roguelike which you expect nothing out of a story for them i wish i could really play it i wish i could play higher it's like being a ps4 game still is like because that sounds like my jam it's pretty good i will tell you this i bought bastion right after buying hades i haven't played it yet yeah but i went ahead and bought it because i played the first like four or five runs in hades and i was like okay story-wise i think this is really cool but from a pure combat point of view, especially in a like we talk about dead cells, like dead cells would fail instantly if it wasn't for the fact that the moment to moment is so diegum fun. Yeah, this is the same thing, man. Like it's kind of a simple style of combat, but mm-hmm. I just got the um the shield weapon, mm-hmm. and the moment I unlocked that shield weapon, combat completely changed for me. Yeah, like all of a sudden I went from using the um the bow and arrow. So being kind of like a just get out of dodge kind of situation, there's a ability you can get that uses your dodge to basically leave like a damage effect behind you. Mm-hmm. Using that and then striking real quick and running. And it was a very slow kind of way of killing enemies. But with that shield, like it encourages you to face forward on an enemy and charge them because you mm-hmm. block as you charge. So it's a completely what? different feeling. Yeah, so you start being like, cap- you literally cool. are Captain America. Because you can throw the shield and yeah. it'll ricochet around <laughs> the environment and hit people, it is, dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna play this eventually. Yeah, you like it's, to, yeah. it's, go, it's going to like Hades is really really freaking good. Um, it's my favorite one of these since Dead Cells. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, other than Hades, what you been playing? I've uh, been mucking around in the in the virtual space. Oh no, the virtual space. That's right. It's kind of like the real world, but your actions have consequences. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, that's a yeah. 2021 <laughs> statement. There ever was one. <laughs> but uh, Population One, it's a VR battle royale. Um, okay. Well, so can you can you go over what a battle royale is for the people who don't <laughs> know? <laughs> this is a Norm Macdonald bit. <laughs> okay, a battle royale. Is a hundred people? No, no, so we, we all know what battle royale. Jump into a plane. <laughs> they jump into a plane. Okay, they jump into a plane. Yes. Okay, that's like a reverse battle royale. Like when they, <laughs> we really get sick of battle royales and we start doing like deconstructions of them. Like the whole idea of the game will be to get into the plane. It will be like a game where you start off as one guy and you go around trying to rescue people to get a hundred of you all into a plane. Here's a check for a hundred million dollars. I'm, I'm writing Thank a note you. that Thank says you. we delete this because this is too good. Yeah, we can't, can't let it, we can't let anybody know this idea. <laughs> State and save games, first game will be 
the reverse battle royale. The postmodern take on the battle royale yes. genre. It would be great. But uh, yeah, there's, I mean, not a lot to it. It's just a battle royale, but in VR. Is it like a? Fun. Is it like a cartoony one, like a Fortnite, or is it like a like a real strict military one, like a PUBG? Yeah, so it's more arcadey, and in, in in that sense, I enjoy it a lot more. Uh, there's a ton of like those mil sim type games that are very popular with VR. I actually kind of want to play one of those. They're very hard. <laughs> like I've never played VR because I get motion sickness, and we've talked about this. Yeah. I have you like I can go to your house and try it. Yeah. And there is a game that you put in the Discord that makes me kind of want to try the VR. There's a a Warhammer game coming out, (laughs) and uh, if I'm a sucker for anything, it's uh, it's Warhammer. We'll get you there by some uh, means. I need to like if I that's the level of extreme I want because I want to be able to like put it on and like get really into like the milsim thing of like okay we're gonna slowly peak. Over the, the you know, but I feel like people are going to yell at me for not understanding VR if that's the first game I play. Uh, I'd say that's probably kind of accurate. Okay, um, but population one, <laughs> um, it's more the arcadey type of deal. Uh, the only thing I would say is one qualm that I have is there's six teams of three and there's no uh, like solo. Uh, so the games are pretty quick, but that's also not always a bad thing if you're just gonna jump in and die anyways. Uh, but yeah, very fun. Mm-hmm. Right on. Spent a lot of time there. Anything else? Uh, right off the top of my head, that's probably it. Man. Okay, Michael, what have you been playing? I got a couple things I want to talk about. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Persona 5 Royal, Spider-Man, Miles Morales. These are some of the games I would love to play if I had a PS5. <laughs> <laughs> right, th- those were the games I got for Christmas and they're for a system I don't own yet. So you know, I'm very, very excited to play those games. Those are great games. I, 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 I participated in this because I, <laughs> my wife calls me. She's like, "What well, are we getting Michael for Christmas?" And I go, uh, "I we can get him a, a gift card." And she's like, "Okay, I'll give him an Xbox card." I said, "Well, that's not really going to be useful. We'll get him a PlayStation card." And now I feel bad that you just no, have all these games sitting it, there. Like, it, hey, Michael, it, how would you like to play us, Michael? Oh wait, you can't because the GameStop fucked you over. Hee. <laughs> yep. I just brought it back like a really bad flashback for Michael of the GameStop. <laughs> twitch, 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 twitch. But yeah, so uh, while I have uh, those games waiting on a system later on, there were a couple things I've uh, played on like the Switch. So uh, the first one being a game on my wish list forever, uh, Windjammers went on sale. Oh man, that oh, game boy. is awesome. If yeah. if you want to talk, it's like someone uh, got high in the '90s, played Pong. And was like, while uh, drinking Mountain Dew out of a jazz cup, and was like, I got a video game idea. Straight out of 94 for the... Uh, What's a jazz cup? This the blue that, that's the blue squiggly You, you know what a jazz cup, cup yeah, is, you just don't that. know what it's called. Okay, cool. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> but yeah, this game is, uh, it, it, for people who don't know, this was a uh, Neo Geo uh, game which uh, was a type of uh, arcade cabinet that had individual uh, cartridges for that were huge, but the cartridges ran about $300. And they were actually seen as a bargain in Japan because uh, in the Japanese mindset where arcade is king, it's like, well, I would put a bunch of, I would go to the arcade every day and put a bunch of quarters in. Now, if now if I just buy this unit and then buy this $300 game, I can just play this for uh, ad nauseum. And being like, it looked 
these games run like have better animations much faster than like games on like the super nintendo so it made sense it also was kind of cool like japan always did weird stuff with pricing on arcades mm-hmm. like they had like the card system for like like a metal gear arcade game i remember that you could like swipe your card and have consistent like save points and stuff like that mm-hmm. so their arcade scene was like vastly more superior than ours just like in fallout <laughs> where they like instead of you know doing home s- systems and stuff they spent all their resource points on like making really awesome arcades and honestly that seems like they got the better deal yeah but, yeah. yeah i agree but Windjammers, i would describe it as like the has the button inputs and speed of a snk fighting game but it's uh has like the kind of casual aspect of like a rocket league it combines like the best of two worlds and uh there's a bunch of different uh arenas with different hazards and basically what it is you throw a frisbee into a goal and you try to get past the other person you have a dash you have a you can if you punch the frisbee at the right time you can launch it up into the air catch it and do a special throw which uh, each one does something different. My favorite guy will throw it to the edge and it will ride, spin, ride that edge down and go into the right side of the goal. And usually the far edges of the goal are worth more points. Okay. So it's best of 12, uh, two kind- out of three, and it is very fast-paced, very fun. This was the game I wish was, would have resurfaced again when I was in college because I would have shown people this game. It's just kind of like... It's like- it's kind of like a Rocket League kind of appeal sounding thing where it's like a sports game that's a little bit more arcadey than like a, you know, regular sports game. I would game. put this more on the, have you guys played uh, Dive Kick at all? No. Where, no, no. A two-button fighting game with a jump and a kick, and your goal is to kick the person. Whoever gets kicked loses. Huh. It's literally just Dive Kick. That was, that was a game I had a lot of fun in college. It's like... Um, that and like something like a Bushido blade, something that's really fast and frantic. That is all about like uh, it's not like five minute Rocket League matches with like replays and something. It's just like they scored a goal. Okay, you're trying again. It's really I, fast paced, really fun. I, I, I really don't would think this me game. and Nick are allowed to play fighting games anymore because our friendship came like this close to ending over Marvel versus. I was about Capcom to say it, it sounds like a Marvel versus Capcom I'm story. For a challenge anytime. See, this is why we can never do this again. <laughs> Please continue, Michael. But, yeah, that's pretty much it for Windjammers. The second game I was playing, I've actually played it the past couple of nights. Uh, they did a big digital event for the new Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter Rise, a Switch exclusive for right now. It runs on the uh, Resident Evil 7 engine, which surprisingly does well on the Switch. Like, it doesn't look like a massive downgrade for Monster Hunter World. And, in fact, some of the monster animations look... They took, like, the 3DS monsters and upped them up some. Because Monster Hunter World was all... there With some variants, it was mostly, like, the dragon and dinosaur-type monsters. Because that's what they wanted to focus on for World, the big epic scale of them. But the main monster you fight in this demo is, like, a um, water badger thing that shoots bubbles around it. Like a bullet hell near Automata boss. And the main mechanic of that what separates Monster Hunter Rise from World is the, uh, forgot the name, but there's something called, I believe, light bugs, where you can use, you can, like, put bugs in the environment and use them as grappling hooks. So you can, like, scale monsters. And the other big thing about this is they expanded on the riding a monster from Monster Hunter World. Because when you, 
climbed on a monster in world, you just stabbed him a bunch until they went down, and then you could easily hack him for damage. In this one, you can actually control it. You can use other monsters to go in and fight other monsters. It's really cool. Oh, wow. But so I, you, you the, said this is a demo? Yeah, this is a demo. Okay, I didn't know if the game was com- like out yet. Uh, March twenty sixth will be the release date. This is a li- this is a limited time demo, and, and when it means limited time, it means limited time. You have thirty. Uh, you can play the uh, main quest thirty times. Oh, that's weird. But it's also online, so you can go with a group of four. There's also uh, to make movement a lot quicker. You have a dog companion, which you can ride. You whistle to him. The dog can drift. It's amazing. You can, while holding sprint, you can, like, have, like, an e-brake button, and you can, it, the dog then gets a speed boost. It's I'm so confused. It's quite wonderful. It's, 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 okay, it's the so Monster Hunter I know and love. Not, not you guys so much. Okay, well, no, <laughs> I'm asking Nick, I'm putting Nick on the fly. If yes. I downloaded this, Nick, would you download this so we could all try the Monster Hunter? Let's sure. do it. Okay, yes, that's what please. we're going to do. All right, do. yes. I want to try, because... This seems like the level of insanity that I'm willing to give this series a shot for. But this is the point where, uh, see, it's, the main thing in this demo is the hunting. That is, well, that's got uh, Monster Hunter in the title. There's not really much of the stuff around it, like uh, using the monster to make new weapons and armor. So it just, but you pick your weapon with, that gives you your uh, weapon set and your... Um, armor set already defined you can't change it so when i was hunting the main person i felt like i got my butt handed to me trying to kill this monster which made me realize am i just bad at monster hunter because <laughs> i was trying to use years. all my like because i was a charge blade main which is where you uh build up your sword you build up your shield and then you combine it into a giant axe and bring lightning damage down that's it's, not how physics work at it, all it's not it's pretty great but uh <laughs> You, you gotta get past physics if you want to play this game. No, I'm a very, I'm a very hardline physics guy. You can't well, put swords well, and shields together and make axes. That it, <laughs> I'm all for openness, but that's that's the line. You can't yeah. put a sword and a shield together and make an axe. But this would be the point where I would go back and grind lower monsters <laughs> to go and uh, have better weapons and armor, like shoot an SOS flare and get this done because this monster would just kill me. Okay, so, I, I think well, we should all try this. I think this might be... I'm willing to give the Monster Hunter series a try. All right, so be sure to have a YouTube tutorial up when you pick your weapon. That gummit, now you're... <laughs> He's not even joking, actually. No, like. <laughs> I, I, to, to learn the charge blade, I had to watch a 15-minute weapon tutorial on YouTube and go, okay, I think I'm starting to understand this weapon now. I don't know if I want to do this anymore. <laughs> uh, you but, had me like this but, close, but and you now you're like, pick, watch a YouTube But video. that's for like the more like, advanced weapon styles. You can always just go for something called a gun lance, which is a lance with a gun in it. That checks out. <laughs> so it's uh, do not do it, not you dare not test me here. So is it like a spear? Like yes. let's say let's say if I had a spear, and then let's say we had a random let's let's just say a boltal mm-hmm. gun, mm-hmm. just hypothetical, on the end of the the spear. Yes, is that kind of like that? It's the freaking gun. You you yeah, yeah, you, pre- you, it, press it, press it, the, you press the you press the on switch. You press the X button to do the stab with the spear. And then you press the A button if you just want to shoot a cannon out of it. Okay. I can get behind this. <laughs> all right. We're going to still try it. Um, all right, that's all, that's all that's, I wanted to that, hear. We're going to try That's it. all I wanted to hear. You guys tried Monster Hunter with me. I tried to get you in the world, but you're like, no. But <laughs> I, I'll try this one. 
that I might regret this. If next episode I come on here, I'm like, oh, you know what? Uh, anything else? That's pretty much it. Um, I fiddled around. I played RE3 Remake. I got uh, almost at the end of that game. That game is really, really good. It's it's the RE2 Remake style. It's a little. It's a lot more action focused than RE2. Uh, RE2 really was a survival horror game at its core. In this one, you have to kind of, especially coming from playing RE2 Remake and doing all the stuff you can do in that game, I had to get super accustomed to the fact that I always had ammo, so you can just shoot anybody you want. And then I also played Cantana Zero. Yeah, yeah I this? It's I've a deva- it's a Devolver Digital yeah. release. Um, I just scratched the surface of that game. It is a really cool game. Uh, does a lot of, like time. It has like a VHS kind of aesthetic to mm-hmm. it, where you kind of do a lot of manipulation of time to do, get your run perfectly. Like you're rewinding after you die, and you can rewind to certain points. Mm-hmm. Um, there seems to be a pretty unique story in there. I don't want to comment on it too much. I'm gonna play a lot more of this, but um, there's this like basically you do a mission, and then you go to like a therapist office and you talk about how you're doing and how you feel about the mission, and it feels like you can do some splits in how the story progresses from there, and it's really really unique and interesting. And I want to talk about it more, but I want to. I think I need to get pretty far in it before I can actually like grasp my head around it 100%. Yeah. But I do want to kind of throw it out there because it popped up on Game Pass. And because uh, I saw the, the, the develop, the, um, the produce, the production publisher. company, publisher, mm-hmm. publisher company. Um, and they have done some stuff that was really cool in the past. So I wanted to check it out. But um, kind of look forward to me kind of filling you in on that game as it goes i've only played it for like a night but it's really really cool it's something i think that might be uh might be special so hmm. i'll kind of update you on that um then i played a bunch of hades um no cyberpunk and, no i got a refund on cyberpunk it's great <laughs> i got my 60 bucks right back no i mean did you keep playing cyberpunk Nick? Uh, i didn't refund it but i have not played it much since so i'm definitely gonna get there i'm gonna i'm gonna get to the credits on that game just because i didn't hate it as much as everybody else does but we'll talk about something at the end of the show but i would love to sit down with you once you done you are done with the game uh-huh and me and you talk about it because i want to know i want you to sell me on whether i need to ever try to bring that game back into its life once it's once it's done, yeah. or once I have a system that's able to run it properly, I would love to know if that's something I need to go back to. Okay. So we should do something with that. All right. Um, but, you know, now it's time for us to do something that, you know, people come to the show for. Um, way back in June of 2020, y'all remember June of 2020? Vaguely. It was a hell of a time. Um... We, when we started this show, our first game was Alan Wake. Uh, it was a game that I think we all really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I really enjoyed it. And we wanted to kick off season two, going back and doing something we talked about at the time, which was playing the DLC for that game, the two story missions, um, special number one, the signal, special number two, the Rital. Um, That's what we did. And I'm going to tell you right now, jumping back into this game, it is still a really damn good game. I am. Yes, Alan Wake is great. <laughs> it's a great game. 
I don't think people give this game credit for how good this game is. It doesn't. They don't. Because as we, as I talked about before, like uh, IGN had the top 25 Xbox 360 games. <laughs> And, like, Alan Wake was nor on that list, but Mass Effect Trilogy was number one. I was like, you gave three games one spot, but you wouldn't give Alan Wake the time of day. That's just value, like, though. I mean, you get three games <laughs> I mean, three games spot. for one. It's really a 27 top ten. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on the list of dumb Jeez. things IGN has done, that's not even in the top ten. I know, but um, still, I'm just, the more I play Alan Wake, the more, like, mad I am about that. It's, it's <laughs> such a good game, and I will tell you right now, I don't know. I bragged a lot when I played the Alan Wake for the show that I said I didn't have any issues dying. These specials were freaking hard. Yeah, especially yes. the first one. I the first one yeah. was a kick in the teeth. Yeah. Like, I did not think that I was going to have this kind of trouble. Um, fun fact also um, the dodge mechanic in Alan Wake that took me a little while to remember is the exact same dodge mechanic they add for RE3 Remake. I'm so terrible at this dodge mechanic. Like, but I it's can the, never wrap my head around the, the timing It's the on exact it. same thing, which is really weird, because I was playing the RE3 Remake, I threw this in to play it for the show, and it's the exact same dodge re- mechanic that is in RE3 Remake, that when you dodge at a perfect time, it gives you a slowdown effect, and you can get yeah. your headshots. But um, it's to like the T, almost the way she dives, like kind of like ducks her head and moves to the side, like Alan does. It's almost dead on. But um, let's start off with special number one, The Signal. Uh, real quick, uh, end of the game in Alan Wake. First of all, very, very nice that the game gives you a breakdown of what happened previously on Alan Wake. I, I need yeah. that. I also listened to our uh, two previous podcasts on Alan Wake just so I could figure out where, where we were and where uh, the story was, too. Plug, plug, plug. Hey, listener, you should probably go back and listen to episodes <laughs> one and two of the Alan Wake discussion. Um, but the game also does give you a really good, like, hey, previously on Alan Wake. Yeah. Um, Alan was stuck in the darkness. His wife got out. And there's some changes for the town. But this really doesn't affect anybody else except Alan. Both of these stories are Alan's stories. We don't see outside of the lake at all in these chapters no. we don't even see alan get out we know he does but we, we uh, no don't clue. see yeah we have no clue what happens to alan after he gets out no it's it yeah so, we know he gets out but we don't see this is all a battle yeah. for alan's head minds is all these yeah. dlcs are which is really cool he's he's broken and now he's it's it's alan trying to regain his own sanity enough to get out of the, the darkness mm-hmm. um Man, it's a pretty cool opening with the rerun of the Dino from the first game. Yep. I thought so that was really weird, fun. especially how like uh, whenever someone says a name, it gets distorted. Like you should go see over there. Like, yeah, <laughs> I was just like, so or trippy. like when you you turn the um, the record player on for the Bicycle Dads. It's demonic twain like, yeah, music. It's like very <laughs> demonic, crazy, creepy. Uh, Verizon still pushing their products through the Alan Wake universe. Um, he straight up does a "Can you hear me now?" Yeah, I got that too. I was yeah, saying. I was like, "Wow, Verizon!" Somebody, some Verizon uh, exec. Two thousand ten was a very different. Yeah, he sent like somebody got a note, like, "Hey, I really appreciate you shoving our product in like every cutscene." We but... need you to know that you can still receive a signal in another uh, dimension underneath a lake that does not exist. <laughs> I have Verizon as a service provider. And I'm kind of pissed off about it because at work, my service is freaking terrible. But apparently, if I go into another dimension in a lake, 
I'll have great service. Verizon needs to focus on the key clients like myself, not guys trapped in lakes. Not dead authors. Okay, yeah. I don't care about Alan's service. Who are you going to talk to? Um, my favorite thing that's back in this chapter is the wards that yeah. you can use. Yeah, they, it's like they saw the late game mechanic at the end and was like, hey, we have a really cool thing that we could continue to do with. Because... Now, that's always my like least favorite thing in a game where you get to like the final boss and it, the game introduces a brand new mechanic that's cool that you can only use once and you're like no why <laughs> yeah and so i would if, say it's even implemented better in this chunk of the game like yes if this part of the game this is like you know spoilers for my opinion on this if this was in the main game i would say that was probably like my favorite game of that that we've played mm-hmm. we we talked about um chapter five a lot when we first talked about this game and how it felt like it was a slog mm-hmm. and i don't think any of us liked chapter five a lot like yeah. i think chapter five was kind of like a letdown for all of because us because it was it was also on the come down of chapter four and we all loved chapter four being Chap- the best part of the game correct me if i'm wrong but chapter four had like the the big rock concert it has the rock concert it has the- escaping from the hospital it has like the uh hedge maze it has getting to them and discovering the old gods yeah like chapter four (laughs) is like the best chapter and then five is like combat 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 this man if they would have done this instead of chapter five it would probably yeah i agree like for our list of all games that we played it would probably be up there number one if not number maybe two or one yeah but um dude when you start getting to like the uh the church basement and all the furnaces yes. down there, because they start. They, first, they teach you that you can use wards to cause like explosions and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then they start giving you wards you don't want to set off. Like when, yeah, when you get have to go down the mountain, and it's like all of a sudden there's just words that are enemies, yeah. and you just, just have to like shine the light, try to above. <laughs> and then they throw enemies at you. So you can't use, like, your flares, or you can't use the flare gun. Because the minute you set down a flare, just a whole bunch of enemies exactly. surround you. It's, it's such a really smart mechanic. But, like, I was, I remember particularly in the furnace section of the basement, if you were to fight all those enemies without setting the furnaces off, you're going to run out of ammunition and supplies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to set the furnaces off. But um, it's just such a, a cool mechanic of, like, hitting those furnaces dead on right when the enemy's coming through. Um, they, they do this in both of the chapters, but in this one in particular, it's really cool. Like you talked about the mountain coming down the mountain mm-hmm. and this chapter is kind of like a greatest hits of the environments of the game. Yeah, pretty much. Cause literally the environment is shifting around you to like, uh, because in Alan Lake, you start to get a feel for how the town is laid up. It started development as an open world game, but even then you kind of got a sense of how the town like connects to each other. So like seeing it get twisted and everything to the point where you're like, as you were saying, doing a greatest hit, so like beat by beat of uh, the locations we've been throughout the game, it it's like we talked about. Remember when, when we discussed in our dead space, where like you go through familiar hallways and all of a sudden there's enemies in there, and it's like uh, they're twisting environments you thought were safe on their head. This was doing like a similar vibe, where you're going through similar environments, but uh, things get crazy because I think we go through the um, church basements. In the main game, but there's no enemies there. But this time there is. Also in the church basement, none of the furnaces were like that. Mm -hmm. But also, like, I think in the church basement, there's, like, one guy. Right. And I remember, I think, like, and forgive me if I'm misremembering, but I even said something like, oh, man, it was kind of a letdown because it's such a creepy thing going into the basement 
and then be like, oh, there's like a guy, <laughs> and then I walked out of the basement. Here it's like, no, here was a full-on heavy combat sequence. But the thing they do so well in this also is it skips you straight to the high-power stuff. Yeah. Like, you don't spend hardly any time with, like, the baseline flashlight. You're getting the heavy flashlight. Give me the lantern and the hunting rifle. Let's yeah, go. you're getting the rifle, the shot, the pump-action shotgun. Um, you know, you're not spending a ton of time. Like, the game knows, like, hey, man, you went through the whole game already. Mm-hmm. Let's jump you to the cool stuff. Um, you get a lot of flares. You get a lot of stuff with the flare gun. Yeah. Like, it gives you... It's like, hey, we know we're not going to kitty around here well let's go ahead and throw you in with the good stuff um barry is back the only thing that matters mm-hmm. um but that does set up for a very tragic moment oh, yeah. it's brutal yeah that's hard to do but we'll get there um this whole chapter is about basically you're trying to reach which i call dark allen mm-hmm. um basically there's a ton of televisions in this chapter and uh, you're basically, Alan is telling a story. Not just televisions, like objects becoming televisions. Yeah. Like the mirror in the bed, the first mirror in the bathroom you go to just starts turning into a TV. Yeah. And, and we get props more. to the actor playing Alan Wake who really gets to ham it up in these <laughs> oh, two yeah, chapters. He He's such a great antagonistic threat. Especially when, like, the. The bit where he gets to the main town and just the stack of TVs and like you see his eyes and his mouth like that stupid like emoji meme yeah. now looking like that. He um he but what I like also is Alan is just as sick of him as you are. Like you'll be walking through a relatively safe area and then a TV will cut on and he'll be like, The enemies were everywhere. They overwhelmed Alan. He stood no chance to escape. And Alan's like, For the love of God, man. Like but, but that's what t- got me. The Dark Alan was for um um, in the main game, we knew that um, the reason Alan was able to succeed at stopping the uh, uh, Barbara and the like dark presence was because he made the uh, tale a story. Like he wrote himself into the conflict, but he didn't make it easy. He made it. Yeah. Uh, he made it. He made it hard. He made it a story. He made it realistic to mm-hmm. the protagonist. Yes. And where Dark Allen, I believe, fails, this might just, I don't know if it's outright stated or if it's just a fan theory or something, but he straight up says in his pages, he's like, no, he dies. He dies now. And I'm like, that's not how, the, that's not how it works. It has to be a struggle. It's not one or the other. He has to like. He, he's fallen completely in the rabbit hole of like trying to kill the protagonist. Mm-hmm. Well, in the baseline story, like there's moments in which Allen's like, why is there a power company truck here? Mm-hmm. Well, why does the power company have flashbangs? Because Alan's writing that stuff into the story to give him advantages in the struggles that he's also writing. Mm-hmm. Here it's like Alan's straight up trying to murder him. And the difference is Thomas Paine is involved trying to help Alan. Thomas Zane, not Thomas Zane. Payne. Thomas Zane, sorry. Zane. <laughs> Payne, Zane. Well, Thomas, but, pa- Thomas Payne, you yeah, mean the, uh, the guy who wrote uh, pamphlets back in during the uh, Re- American Revolution? Yes. <laughs> we were talking about um, Hamilton before the show, so that's uh, what's on my head. I don't boo. We ain't going to get into this. <laughs> the listeners are going to side with me and Michael. Man. The numbers say that me and Michael are in the majority here, that people like Hamilton. Look so around, look around there. at everybody who likes Hamilton. Yes. <laughs> um, but, like, it, he's a great antagonist, but... Thomas Zane kind of being your kind of guide throughout this whole thing. Zane's kind of who you're trying to reach in this chapter. Um, 
Dude, there's just so much like cool moments. It's a very combat heavy experience, but nothing feels boring. One of the things I complained about for the end of the last the game, the main game, is that the combat didn't feel like it mattered. Like it was just here's a bunch of guys in the woods to fight. Mm-hmm. Here, like every fight felt like it meant something because you were triggering the wards or you were in the furnaces using the furnaces. Um, the words give you an extra tool to use in combat, especially. Yeah, and it's, it's yeah. more, uh, it's not as thoughtless. Like, you're not just, all right, I'm yes. going to stun this guy, shoot him three times, stun the next guy. There's actually, like, a thought process that goes in, like, no, I'm going to drop this part out of the bridge and then set off this boom over here to annihilate these guys. It's like the DLC finally got the combat right. Yeah, yeah, I feel like they, they get the combat up to par with these two DLCs for mm-hmm. sure. Um, Barry being back is fun. Uh, he, him being very aware that he is just like, he's in the story. A as, figment of your imagination. Yeah, he's like, I'm not even here, man. Which gives him plenty of like time to just kind of poke fun at how Alan's imagination is wrecking him. He's like, man, you really messed up. <laughs> like, what are you doing here, man? Um, the, we no longer have like the, like the Barbara voice of the darkness anymore. But that kind of works out better to me because it's something more creepy about the place just being like this, and it's more creepy that Alan is now the voice of the dark. Yes. Um, dark Alan is a much more interesting protagonist than uh, Barbara Jagger, I feel like. Yeah, I think he's more. And it's. it's Because, well, yeah. the threat wasn't specifically Barbara Jagger. It was just like uh, the way Alan describes it is like it's just like this unrelenting force that he's against, like this force of nature. But to actually have it pinned under, like, a person that we know being Alan makes it, at least through this DLC, it makes it feel different enough from the... It's almost like Alan took... It's almost like the Dark Presence always has to have a representative, and here we have Alan being the representative. Mm -hmm. You could almost put a separate character in... And have Alan then switch over to be the antagonist. Mm-hmm. And it would have been kind of a cool way of doing this. You, It wouldn't have worked. But it's still kind of a, that that concept that there's always got to be an antagonist. And someone who's like the the voice of the, the lake or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the only kind of weak part about it is I really like the fact that it's like a dark TVs as the boss. But... That the ending fight with the the televisions is kind of it kind of reminded me of when you fight the tornado in the yeah. game, where I feel like it wasn't a ton of impact. Um, I could I could not see there being a ton of like satisfaction if I couldn't go straight into the second special, like yeah, it, you know, yeah, it just felt. <laughs> It was like, okay, because it's not even like you really succeed when you beat the TVs or whatever. Like, the, it doesn't really change anything from that point on. If I if you couldn't go straight to the second special, I think it would have kind of felt a little bit hollow. Yeah. Did you guys, um, I played this all in one sitting. Did you guys do the same thing or did you space it out? Yeah, I broke it up between two different nights. Gotcha. Yeah, I did a, I did a special night. Gotcha. I, don't, I did this all in one run and it felt like a two hour, um... Well, they're called specials. They're not called episodes, but it felt like a two-hour like uh, special. Like we're going back to Alan Wake to uh, two-hour. Yeah, two-hour special Alan Wake event. <laughs> um, you, they they brought back like the the Tharmasis 
but it's clocks. Like, yeah, you you get clocks in the first one, and then it, you it's literal uh, Xbox three sixty games in the second one. I'm yeah, like, <sighs> and I don't know why. Like, I like I don't know who was excited about the thermoses in the first game. <laughs> like, I never collected achievement hunters. That you those were made for YouTube channel. Smith would be like, here's all fifty seven thermos locations in Alan Wake. And now that. I bet people saw that and went, yes, I got content. <laughs> I hate so bad, especially in horror games, like collection stuff, because it's such a a break from the the way the game should be making you progress, where, you know, you're trying to, like, be this character, surviving this horrific experience, but I got to go into the dark alley to see if there's a thermos there so I can get this Dagum achievement. I just hate that stuff I mean, so bad. the only time that it bothers me is if it's like completely irrelevant which is it is in this game it's yeah, just like yeah. coffee thermoses but like why or like clocks but there's no like time mechanic or anything it's just like what i don't understand um the... or night springs video games like <laughs> yeah i mean at least there's a tie in there but it's just like <laughs> nine times out of ten the collectible things is just like drink your ovaltine like yeah yeah <laughs> well like the re remakes do kind of it both ways like there's these dots that you can find and shoot that give you like they're just like the thermoses yeah but then there is lots of like little like story stuff you can find where it's like letters or mm-hmm. notes or photos yeah that can kind of give you a little bit more in- insight about the ward and it's also how you can find things like local combinations and stuff that you don't actually have to unlock but you know, yeah. if you unlock it you might get some ammo um i don't mind the like the little story stuff where it's like here's a note that someone left behind but when it's like a thermos or something like who cares i don't want to go hunt thermoses <laughs> but if, um what if i said there was 50 gamer points in it for you 50 50 so about uh, 50 huh 50 pretty good i, I wouldn't mind when i get some 50 game points i didn't get any gamble points for the first special because it was so hard i kept dying and all the achievements required you not to die <laughs> so like i didn't get any achievements for the first special i was really disappointed you don't even get an achievement for beating the special which i feel like all games should give you at least one achievement for beating the game or beating the chapter or whatever mm-hmm. for, for six, six gamer points yeah yeah for six gamer points it's odd. gotta be an odd <laughs> number and it will ruin your gamer score for the rest of time i have it's uh, not, mine's already ruined so <laughs> I have one that has like a I have, I got like a one point or something somewhere yeah, so. down the line, so I always end on six or one constantly. <laughs> but uh, these are the, these are the trials. Um, I think No Man's Sky were all like eighteen gamer points each or something, where it's just like oh, I, I hate you so much. Yeah, it's like why why are you doing this to me? Um, all in all, I feel like special number one is good. It's not as good as special number two. Yeah, special yeah. number two really ramps things um, up. But you know. There's one collectible we didn't go over that I really want to talk about the um, the cutouts like the book advertisements for like the side characters yeah and some of them are really cool but one just really was like um, weird that being Alice uh, I think the tagline for her book was the the nictophobic beauty with a muserific booty I was like yeah what one, I read that one I was just like what is <laughs> wait what. This? I miss this. <laughs> yeah, so there's cutouts that portray characters in the game as if they were authors of books, mm-hmm. and there's one for like the sheriff, and one for Alan. And they're all different types of books too. Like they're all like uh, noir cliches. <laughs> yeah, but Alice is just like this weird, like old lady smut type stuff. <laughs> like, like 
Are we supposed to think of Alice like that? Because I always thought, like, first of all, it's weird that they're like she's afraid of the dark, and like that's a part of her like tagline. <laughs> like you know, like usually if you want like a sexy tagline, you won't be like, and she's terrified of spiders. You know, like it's a weird. That's a weird choice. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, it, it was it odd. Threw me off in a way that like some of the others were like, okay, this is like because they most like were respecting the character. In yeah, like the sheriff ways. was like this I'm was... a young sheriff or like the army dude's daughter writing a book, and I've got to prove myself. And hers is just like she's sexy and she's scared of the dark, <laughs> which is also like, did was Alice known for her booty? Did people were like. Is there fan communities based around Alice's booty? I wouldn't put it past people, but I mean, like... I'm asking you, the listener, to tell me if it's this a thing. Like, if you're on the Alan Wake subreddit, can you tell me if the booty thing is important to you? I, want, I have to know. I have to know. And now, with that, we go to special number two. The writer. <laughs> He's, um, also... Songs in this game still freaking great. They slap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the end of the, the. I was really worried that the songs would not come back, but I'm really glad that they do because the songs are still pretty daggum good. Um, the writer to me is the stronger of the two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also the one that gets you more story closure because you could make the argument that special number one, while it's very very good, doesn't give you a ton of like story progression. No, no, that's pretty much right you're literally following a cell phone signal yeah to get to yeah. the store next story beat and then you get there and it's like all right see to be continued yeah and <laughs> you have a fight with the tvs but it doesn't like change anything per se here you actually are like now teamed up with zane mm-hmm. so i feel like this is like more of a progression it starts with like a parallel to chapter four where hartman says you're just making everything up and everything and hartman kind of has a little bit of a presence in this chapter as well Especially near the end. There's still some like greatest hits of the game thing going on here. But yeah. I think some of that's just like you you can't really expect them to make it totally new environments for these DLCs. Like I don't know if they had the budget to do that or not, but it is kind of like a greatest hit still, but then there was some really cool like changes that they do, especially when you're like climbing the tornado. They make if that is the limitation, they make it work. Yeah, yeah. Because, I'm not like, taking yeah. a shot at it. Oh, no, 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 no. I didn't say But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm not taking a shot at it yeah. at all. But, like, you go back to the maze, which is cool. Um, that was one of my favorite parts of... about. It's, it's fun to play this, like, several months separated from playing Alan Wake. Because it's like you feel like, oh, I remember this. I remember this maze situation. Yeah. It also gives you a situation where you don't have a weapon for a portion and you're dealing with the darkness without a weapon or a yes. flashlight that I thought was kind of fun. Uh-huh. Um, Barry says a good line here. Crazy people don't know they're crazy. That's why they're crazy. <laughs> some truth from Barry. Barry really bringing it here. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the stuff with Zane because Zane gets directly involved. So yeah. there's lots of moments when like enemies are closing in on you, and all of a sudden like a blast of light comes in and just wipes out everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of cool stuff here, like you know, the wheel situation that oh, you that, deal with. The Ferris with. wheel was the Ferris so cool. Wheel was really cool. Um, that this is that's probably my favorite environment in all of Alan Wake. Just like seeing like the because it starts as like a cabin. And you're just like, oh, there's a cabin on the Ferris wheel, but then it expands to like more and more environments as it just keeps going, and it's it's a really cool so moment. well done. 
I, did you guys have any issues navigating that? No, not really. Uh, my only issue was that I felt that it was too slow for how fast I was going through it. Exactly. Like, I never lost track of where I needed to go, which was my instant panic. Because mm-hmm. in a lot of times, games that do that kind of stuff, you can kind of, like, get turned around with, like, which direction you need to move in. I never had issues there, but I did a lot of stuff where I would, like, hit a staircase, and it looked like I should be able to climb the staircase. Uh-huh. And I was, like, running up against the staircase for, like, two, three, four seconds, and then all of a sudden he'd climb it. Yeah. Um, so it's almost like it needed to be a little bit more faster, but I could see how that would be a really tough thing for them to the time right because like if it's too fast it's miserable but because you have people like me too who was like going around and exploring every corner of this thing going this is a really cool environment i want to see everything in this so i wanted to take your time yeah. with it no it, like, and it was cool it's literally like an amusement park walkthrough attraction because i don't think there's a lot of or any enemies in this section at all no Am it's I wrong? almost like quasi platformer type yeah i don't think there's any enemies. no if if there is, there were so few of them. I don't even re- they didn't even register. So yeah, I was all on board for this sequence. Like it was, uh, I it was, was cool. very much in it. It was really cool, and like this goes back to the combat starting to really. They figured out how to make the combat fun mm-hmm. because then you go right into like a bridge sequence. With that's what you were talking about, Nick. Where you were talking about triggering like emptying the bridge in parts. Yeah. So you're like, and no more bridge anymore, and everybody falls. <laughs> you know, the more you do stuff with light and the least amount of shooting that you do, yeah, the combat's so much more fun. Then that chunk of the game, the only time I shot was to push dudes into the holes. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's you don't like. I never used the revival in the yeah. second half because I didn't have to use a ton of ammunition because I was just triggering stuff. I was yeah. hitting the booms. Like, yeah, hitting... this was a this was the section where you could have like exploding barrels fall from the sky mm-hmm. too. Oh <laughs> yeah, there's the um, the portion yeah where you're on a hill. Yes. And you, when the barrels come down, you let them roll and then you shoot the barrels as they go Dude, that part was so freaking fun. <laughs> Because also it gives them an excuse to throw a ton of bad guys at you. Yeah. And if because if you're not following the combat design, you're not going to stand a chance. Like if you try to brute force this and try to like you know one by one take the darkness off of people and shoot them, mm-hmm. you're never going to stand a chance. I don't even think you could have enough ammunition to do that. Yeah. But if you follow the combat design, and this is something like a game, you know the combat design in a game is right when you are having so much fun doing what they tell you to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Like, they, they are blatantly telling you how to do this, but it's still fun, and there's still some challenge to it because you're trying to do the timing right. Like on the bridge, you're trying to hit it right when they're underneath it, so it knocks down all of them at one time. They left some of the words like a little ambiguous, so you don't actually know what's going to happen. You're just kind of taking a risk before you, you reveal it. Like the fireworks, you don't quite know how the fireworks walk until you trigger one. Yeah. Um. Even the boom. Like, till the first time you hit the boom, you don't really quite know what it is. Right. Um, you know, yeah, it, it's it's really cool. Like, the barrels, having the barrels roll down the hill and waiting and waiting and waiting and then pop and blowing up all the guys. Dude, it's... If the combat would have been like this in the main game, mm-hmm. oh, man, it, like I said, it would have been amazing. But I think they really got their heads wrapped around this. And you can see some of this. Like I said, we haven't played Quantum Break, but I think we've all fiddled around with Control that control kind of has more of a this kind of design with the way you throw items at people and you're you're grabbing the environment it's a little bit less shooty shooty and a little bit more doing other stuff mm-hmm. and uh there's a lot of games when you shoot people 
there ain't a lot of games where you kill guys with flashlights. <laughs> so more killing guys with flashlights, yes. less shooting people. That should be the tagline of this podcast. We like <laughs> shooting guys with flashlights. Um, yeah, man, there's the bridge fight after that. I think there's the, the hill with the barrels after that. Um, there was a portion that actually legitimately got me with the jump scale is when the lights completely go out. Mm-hmm. It's the only time hmm. in the game in which the lights completely go out. And then you come upon a scene. It's literally like a play scene where Alan, as TV head Alan, <laughs> is being interviewed by the doctor. And he's like, yeah, I am crazy. I'm admitting that I'm just like, it's, it's so good. I It goes on for a while to the yeah. point that I eventually exited the scene. Did mm-hmm. you watch the whole thing? Does I, anything happen? I think I left like right before. Because usually those things are really tight, but I feel like this one may have overstayed its welcome a little bit. started to go on for a little long because he was just repeating the same stuff. Like, yes, I'm a crazy person. Everything you say is right. That's exactly right, Doctor. Yeah. I gave that about two to three minutes, and it was mostly the... It was like, you know, oh, your wife is... Uh, you're hurting your wife with your insanity. You know yeah, what? I, right. am. I, I am. I <laughs> am. Your, your they, friends are leaving you and... Did they force you to watch the Alice stuff with the voice recording? No. Okay. I didn't leave during this thing, but there's like a whole thing with uh, Alice where you go over it. She's like, I've got a recording from your wife. And it's like, it's pretty dark, man. It's like really, really I bad. think I missed this. <laughs> yeah. I, so I thought that it was like you were forced to sit there and watch that. Because it doesn't really like show you, but to like, it's like stage left. Yeah. Is the... Um, there's literally an exit sign. There's a, yeah, a red exit sign. Well, yeah. so like if you watch through the whole studio. thing, it like blows the door open. So I, I don't know. I thought that the door was like locked, but evidently oh, wow. not. <laughs> what what when you say it's dark? Because there's like a portion in which you find the recording of Alice in the main game, and she's basically just saying like, I don't know how much longer I can do this. He's self destructive. He's drinking left and right. He's not. You know, he's becoming. In angry and they don't say he's like abusive but he's becoming like more violent tendencies and such does he, is it more of that or yeah so it... i guess it's just uh i would assume since this whole thing is kind of like his nightmare is extrapolating on that to the point where she talks about you know self-harm and stuff oh, like wow. it's gotten that serious wow. basically how she views him responsible for ruining her life because she basically just has to like babysit him because he's so needy that's something that, like, really they hammer home in this. Um, and, like, once again, I just want to brag about how good the, like, the narration of Alan is. Because it could be so annoying to have a main character narrate their own life. Yeah. But I never get annoyed by it. I like Alan psychoanalyzing himself as he goes. Because it's kind of like his way of also fighting the darkness. Mm-hmm. By coming to realizations about himself. Like... You know, this was like a really dark time for me. Uh, I, I put Barry and I put Alice under a lot of stress. They probably shouldn't have stuck around with me. They shouldn't have put up with it. You know, like he's, he's really, he's doing some self-analyzing here. And it's really cool to to see that in a character. And I never get old. It never gets old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, that's a trope that shouldn't work for me. But it does really well here. Mm-hmm. Um, that's cool that you actually watched all the way to the end. Cause like I said, I kind of, I didn't get to the Alice stuff. Yeah. So it was like, okay, TV head Alan, <laughs> you know, I get it. This is you saying all the bad stuff about Alan and Alan's in his head being like, yeah, but I wasn't, you know, I'm, I'm getting better, you know, him trying to fight back. 
Um, but I'm glad that it does actually kind of lead somewhere with the Alice stuff because I feel it's like I feel like they should have got to that quicker, so I wouldn't have felt the need to. Yeah, it yeah. Definitely walk out. like ran longer the tooth. Yeah, it did. It, which is weird because this game usually does not have that problem. Right. Like, they were usually pretty tight scenes. Like you think back to like the apartment stuff with Alan, like those scenes were pretty tight. Like you know we're cutting out stuff, we're getting moving. Um, this leads to one of my kind of the coolest parts is when you start climbing like the tornado. Um, yeah. Which is uh, platforming is not this game's strong suit. Yeah. You have to use but, the jump button again for a couple. <laughs> yeah, and there was also I felt like. Did y'all feel like there's some parts you can get onto and you can't get off? So some of the platforms did seem like they were designed like one specifically has a rail, so you can't time it with the way that it's turning to jump over it and i died that way like i got onto like the bus on the bottom of the the tornado yeah and i never found a way to get off of it see that's the only way i could get onto the next thing is with that bus i think it was the bed that i got off to the next thing on yeah but like i felt like some of the platforms were like fake platforms <laughs> I'm, like i was sitting i was like crap man i don't know how to get off this stinking thing yeah but it was a really cool moment. Um, there's a little bit of combat there, but the combat's like good enough that like there's enemies that jump out at you. Yeah, right so on that's the edge. jump scare that got me. I was just like, how am I gonna fight this dude? It is a good jump scare. <laughs> it's a good jump scare scare. Mm-hmm. And also, the game's got you so accustomed to like using the booms and stuff at that point. Yeah. Like, like oh, how do I fight this guy? And I'm like, oh wait, I got a shotgun. <laughs> I just shotgun him off the edge. <laughs> I, mean, I can just shoot him. That works. Um, but then it also gets you to a point when you trigger the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. And man, that is such a freaking cool moment. Yeah. Do you? Because I didn't shoot anybody from that point on. I just kept getting rid of cover. Yeah. And let the lighthouse. And when that lighthouse comes around, it's like a freaking nuke. Just that's so it just cool. wipes out like forty them of them. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, it's such a cool moment. Um, we all knew this was coming, right? You guys knew that Barry was going to be the final boss of this DLC yeah. chunk. Yeah, it was. Also, the uh, Rocker Grandpa's. We had to fight the Rocker. Yeah, Grand that Pals also kind of. Felt a little sad about that. But uh, that all leads to the inevitable fight with Barry where you had to fight him three times. Uh, the fight up here is kind of boring and not that fun, but it is sad that you have to fight Barry. It's sad that you have to fight the Rocker Grandpas. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> they're also the super fast guys, which are the washed ones that have to fight. Yeah. Like, they're the least interesting oh, enemy. Like, I really dislike fighting the, the super fast guys. Um, man. Uh, this leads to you finally basically basically the whole mission was to get back to the lake house to basically you find out that this is not really Alan this is like it's the good in Alan is it you as the player character are a figment of insane Alan's imagination you're like you're the you're almost the the redemption that insane Alan has written in to save himself yeah sounds about right that sounds I mean, good it's I, I i'm you know yeah it's a little crazy sounding but that's the idea of it that you're the you're the redemption of alan that he's trying to walk himself towards um all this leads to basically alan saving himself getting himself refocused to write the ending and write his escape out of the lake. Not just an ending, a brand new book called The Return. Yeah. So. I wonder if he gets to sell the book when he gets back. So, this is where I've been waiting this whole time. I've been biding my time. 
I am now the Remedy Universe nerd. Holy oh, right. shit. I was yes. waiting for this. So I yes. haven't I haven't looked wait, into wait any games I haven't played. I gotta drop down the mute. I gotta, I'm gonna drop down the lights. This doesn't play over audio. This doesn't audio play over audio. I don't care. But just know that the, the lighting in here is now more suggestive. It's more suggestive. Go ahead. Hit me with it. Hit me right here, Nick. <laughs> Alan Wake, the game, is... this. I'm actually building this up with my hands in a way that's probably not gonna pay off, but here we are. This game is... You're looking the like the guy who's one. like, the aliens meme. I, I, it really is I'm doing the aliens meme with my hand right now. Okay. This is the first plot point for Alan Wake. American Nightmare is basically a book... This is the second release of Alan Wake, for those who don't know. is a book written from the perspective of the events in Night Springs, but not. it's also a thing that doesn't happen. What? And then an unreleased game, Alan Wake 2, will be Alan writing Return. So he's still out there, y'all. He's floating. We know, but we know he's out there because he isn't he a big part of the second Control DLC? No, I'm saying he has not joined us back in reality. He is still in the dark place. So you're telling me? I, I, I my mind's my mind's blown. <laughs> yes. So Alan Wake American Nightmare is a book. Yes. Okay, it's a so game that is a book. It's a game, but it's written. It's like it, a, it's it a book. It is non-canonical events in this universe. Okay. It's so a it's like it's like an Alan Wake novel. Yes. So if Alan, so, okay, okay, okay. So the return you're saying, you're saying that Remedy owes us a sequel to Alan. Exactly. One hundred percent. So, you're saying that we should send angry emails to Remedy demanding our sequel to Alan. Wake. I mean, so here's the deal that I didn't delve into. <laughs> There is, like, apparently a huge ad campaign for Quantum Break was Alan Wake Returns. But I don't want to play Quantum Break. We're going to play, play Quantum, so we're gonna play Quantum Break. We're going to play Quantum Break. We have to. We're going to play Remedy Game except for Max Payne, which does not exist in this universe because they no longer Shit. own the Max Payne licenses. So, so have we just figured out what episode one of season three is going to be? It's just going to be us playing Quantum we're gonna Break. Play, we have to play Quantum, we're gonna play Quantum Break. Or we could do American Nightmare. Damn it. Okay, we'll talk about this later. Basically, <laughs> Nick found a way for us to have to play Quantum Break now, because I imagine we're going to have to want to play these um, Remedy games in order so we know what's going okay, on. There's the no universe. way I'm playing Control without playing Quantum Break now. Okay. 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 <laughs> All right. All right, better idea. Better idea. Here we go. Here we go. Say the save spinoff podcast, the Remedy Universe. <laughs> it's just all three of us dressed like Charlie from Always Sunny in Philadelphia with all the red lines going back and forth. <laughs> oh, man. What have you done to us? Um, You know what? We got we got a Remedy War Nerd. We got a Metal Gear War Nerd. We got a Warhammer War Nerd. We're, we have all our bases covered. Yeah. <laughs> the three pillars this of the This might be games. a spinoff show for us. It might be the Remedy show. It might be a spinoff for State of the Save. Don't put it past us. Season two, exciting things are coming. Um, let's just say this. I really enjoyed both of these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ellen Wake deserves to be a more talked about video game than it is. Yes. I agree. Yes. I, like, I'm... Here's a, here's a wild statement. Hang with me here. Alan Wake might be one of my favorite video games of all time. In a, in a scale of like 1 to 20. Not top 10. But like 1 to 20. And I think it's because I really, really... I like books. I read a lot of books. And the literature kind of... Uh, 
tones and the vibe that the game kind of really focuses on with like the the uh, the manuscript and stuff like that being a big focus and the self-narration of Alan really, really appeals to me. And I really, really like this game a whole freaking lot. It is a solid video game. That's a bold take. No, no, y'all want to ride with me on this? I'm with you. I, Thank I, you. I, I, I don't know if That was a sarcastic, what... bold take comment. <laughs> oh, okay. I agree with you. Oh, okay. I, I thought you were serious. You know what? I'm turning lights back up because now just, we're done with Remedy Talk. Here. <laughs> I really I really enjoy this game. I don't know if I'm hot, as hot on it as you two are in the fact that it's like one of your favorite games of all time. I'm like, yeah, it's a great game. Like, if I were to make a list of my favorite games, this would prop. this might make the top 500. 50 it would be on my top 100 i think it could get top 20 for me that's cool i'm gonna say this is probably the best game that i've played in probably the last three years one of the best games yeah i can i can i can Mm -hmm. get behind that i can get behind are you saying our definitive ranking is wrong no no (laughs) and here's the thing the specials are the specials finally nail the combat yeah i would say as a whole yeah Yeah, as a whole specials which we'll have to talk about how we rank the specials on the definitive list. I mean, I say that we nail it to the first game. Yeah, that that sounds fair. And then reevaluate that the next time we reevaluate. The, the, the next list. time we go back to the list, because some things might change. But by the time we get there, yeah, we have to get some stone filler. To <laughs> we have to fill it in the spot. So all that talk about me being like it's the definitive list goes right out the window. The first game we play of season two. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it's it's such a good game. I really, really enjoyed these specials. Um, man, this is a heck of a way to start season two. Yes, really fun. Uh, final thoughts, anybody? Anybody other than now? We all like obsessed with the Remedy universe, apparently. I had a feeling this was out. going to happen. <laughs> yeah. You know, I ha- I own Control. I'm never going to get to play it. <laughs> I'm like, because now we put two other games. We like we're going to play Control <laughs> at some point, and now we put two other games before it what? in terms of American Nightmare, and now we're playing Quantum Break. When we said on the first episode, our introduction episode, that we have no interest in Quantum Break, I think and I now we're it. like, let's play Quantum Break. I think Break, I called guys. that guy like I'm not playing that Hobbit motherfuckers <laughs> video game. I left it out there. I left it out there. I said I was. I, I might be a little interested. Uh, yeah. But I, I, I directly said I'm not playing that Hobbit motherfuckers video game. <laughs> and now I'm like, yes, who's, I'm going to Hobbiton now. Yeah. Jesus. Man. Um, the Iceman cometh. The Iceman cometh. <laughs> In the Amazon uh, <laughs> Boys remake or, you know, adaptation, he's a guy named Lamplighter who just does the same thing but with fire. Really? Yeah, it's the same guy. Okay, I need to watch The Boys. I read the comics. The comics were almost a little bit too much for me. Yep, look, man. There is like three or four episodes in the second season, not to go off on a tangent, that I was just like, I don't really know if I should be watching this. I don't know the, if I'm capable of handling this. The comics go places. Like, I hit one particular comic in The Boys. I was reading it on a plane. It was on like a little tablet. And I go like, whoa, this is like, Nobody should see this page, and I scroll to the next page trying to like just jump ahead. And it's, worse. And it's like it's like ten pages of that shit, <laughs> and I'm like, damn man, this is some like snuff film shit going on. Like yeah. Goth Ennis goes places in the boys. It, yeah, I, so if you like Preacher, who's another Garth Ennis thing, I feel like this is not as bad. It's, as, more, it's worse than Preacher, more, man. Yeah, like okay, he did a series. Let's we're gonna do a special show where we just talk comics, but he did a series called Crossed that um i am so uncomfortable with just seeing the covers of yeah like he it was 
dude, man, I, I, I go to my local shop and like, they don't even put those on the, like the buy <laughs> shelf. Like they'll like, you have to order them. Like you think it would be like a nudie mag. You have to cross the curtain to go to the back room. Well, to yeah, like, comic books. but it's not like a, it's, wait, it's got some of that shit, but it's like, it is like, it scares me. Cause that man has children and it's like, he seems like a nice Irish man. <laughs> and it's like, dude, man, your brain goes places, but the boys has so much cool stuff in it. But when I started hitting a lot of that in the comics, I was like, man, I don't know. Yeah. It, it, I got squimish. I, was, I ain't going to lie. I got, I, was, I can't do it. So when the show came on, I was like, surely they're not going to go that way. They do, the man. <laughs> like, they do. It's, it's, it's too much. It's too much. <laughs> but then you were telling me some of the stuff in it, and I was like, I can't do it. Yeah. I mean, I it's just, a good show, but it's just like there are some things that are just like, I, guess what, guys? I actually have a line. So there it is. Oh, really? One of those things is just like, I don't wow. think I'm quite desensitized enough to let this slide. That's how the the book made me feel. Yeah. Like, I mm-hmm. really felt like I was like, I've seen everything and nothing bothers me. And like, just in the, the way the art's done, even, it's yeah. just grotesque enough that it's like, Jesus Christ, I'm, I think I'm done. Like, and like, <laughs> it kind of makes me feel good that I have a line. I felt the same way. Yeah. I told somebody about it at work the next day. I was just like, guess what, guys? Not that bad. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it feels. It's sad that we live in that kind of society, but like I was like, yeah, I guess I'm not completely a scumbag. Like, there's some stuff that just makes me not want to watch. It's almost sobering in a way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like, it, yeah, it really is. It's like, hey, I there, there is a line that I do not want to cross, and this is it. But um, being someone in film school, those contemporary French movies get really weird and messed yeah. up in some ways. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you you explain some film stuff to me and i was like i don't know if i ever need to see this don't don't <laughs> so film school was your line me and my me and nick's line was the boys <laughs> french movies dude um we should do a, a special where we talk about some comics i would love to do that like we should talk about some comics that would make good video games i think that would be fun um yeah it's almost like i'm pitching special ideas right now what if they made an avengers video game it would probably be pretty shitty. <laughs> it's probably the worst kind of video game you can make. Um, did you play that? I did not. Okay, I didn't play it either. Yeah. You We're played? talking crap on games we haven't even played. Come on, we do Dude, I looked, I looked at that game. I, I'm generally the guy who gets hyped over like licensed games. Yeah, I was excited about that. Like When Cyberpunk broke my heart, it was the same night then Darktide, the Warhammer 40k game, premiered gameplay footage. Mm-hmm. And so my heart was broken, and I was sitting there thinking, I'll never get super hyped for a video game ever again. And then I watched the <laughs> gameplay footage, and the only thing I saw was a chainsaw, and I was like, Ooh, This is the Game Awards uh, Is that a Cadian? Right? Is he a Cadian? Ooh. Ooh. And I'm all excited. I'm like, that Laz rifle looks right. And I fell right back into the trap. You're, you're if you saw a, gameplay footage, you have more to stand on and have hope for than you did with cyberpunk you're talking to a guy who's like i'll never be excited for mass effect again and you're like here's mass effect legendary edition they're like oh it's just a, other games repurposed i mean that they can't really mess that up it's like oh we are, we're making a sequel to mass effect and you're like oh no oh, they got me just give me the remakes they got me they got me i'm i'm hyped <laughs> oh man i shouldn't be because i played andromeda <laughs> we uh yeah like that was we, cool. That was I fun. I feel like we went out, off in the weeds for a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> we talked about a lot of video games, but we know what video game we need to talk about next. No. The next video game that we're going to play for this year's show. Um, we are going to play another game. Uh, was it 
Nick, was it you who really pushed for this? I know we all three wanted to play it. It's, it is. It was me. Yeah. 12-year-old me is excited to play this game because <laughs> I saw this in Nintendo Power, and I was like, I'm going to play that. But then I didn't have a Wii, so. <laughs> then I was like, I'm going to play that, and it's an M rating, and then you all go, and then I the, was the type of person who went to, like, uh, Blockbuster and uh, Family Video with my parents, and they're... Yeah. They were very keen on that stuff and be like, no, you can't play this. Yeah, that's the <laughs> second reason I didn't get to play this game. <laughs> I had to make pitches. Like, my dad was never, like, a hardcore, like, the rating thing. But, like, okay, so case in point, like, if it was, like, a military game, for some reason he let that fly. He's like, whatever. He's <laughs> like, you want to shoot people? Yeah, okay, cool. But if it was, like, a horror game or something, nah, we couldn't get away with that. That's too that, scary for that's you. All, yeah. That's all Metal Gear Solid 2 was able to fly in my house. I got a PlayStation 2 bundle you convinced your parents that metal gear was <laughs> no, no, a military no. game no 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 no, no. uh my uh, my uh parents got me a playstation 2 bundle from ebay for christmas and that's why why metal gear solid 2 was my first metal gear saint metal gear game um dad would play uh wasn't really into video games at all but he wanted to see if like what they were and if they were appropriate for me not just blindly going no you can't play this so he pops in metal gear solid 2 and at the be- no spoilers for Metal Gear Solid 2, but at the beginning of that game, you're all- the only thing you have is a tranquilizer done, and you're running around shooting terrorists, and he was like, this seems fine. Yeah, yeah. Can- <laughs> you can shoot terrorists in this house. We can all get behind you can shoot terrorists. But then that like game... early aughts. Yeah, I'm saying that like... Do what you want. I'm saying like 2004, bro, shit, you're dad. Like, this is before we got into like the serious like repercussions of the wars in the Middle East. We're just like, yeah, you can shoot terrorists. <laughs> my dad's the same way. I got like Ghost Recon when it was him. Yeah. And my dad was like, yeah, you can, you can shoot some terrorists at Ghost Recon. <laughs> That's cool. And so, but then that game goes places. So what you did is you baited him. You laid a trap. I didn't. Metal Maybe Gear laid a trap for I your didn't. dad. I didn't know I was getting this for Christmas. And I was like, I can play this? And they're like, yeah, you have a tranquilizer gun. You're not killing anybody. This seems cool. <laughs> I'm like, all right. How old were you? I was, uh, this was 11 or 12. So how fast did 12-year-old Michael switch over to the lethal gun? I mean, we just played this, and he <laughs> did it completely non-lethal. Almost that completely gun non-lethal. <laughs> you're, you're pretty much the poster boy that it's okay to give kids M-rated games, because like Mike was still playing non-lethal. <laughs> I didn't get to play Metal Gear when it was, I was 12 years old, so I'm now like straight up lethal everybody dies. We're not playing Metal Gear. No, <laughs> <laughs> like that's important to disclose. Yeah, <laughs> they're like they're just playing the games they played last time. <laughs> Season two is gonna be different and edgy. <laughs> no, we're not playing Metal Gear. <laughs> not yet. We're going to return to that well again someday. It's too good. Um, to, it's too good to leave dry. <laughs> I just like the idea of like them writing in, being like, "You guys just play in the exact same order." <laughs> um, no, we're playing a game called No More Heroes. That's right, baby. Woo! Travis touchdown. Travis touchdown. Um, I'm playing it on the Switch. Are you playing? playing on the we're Switch. all playing this on the Switch. We're playing it on the Switch. Um. Michael, yes. drop me some beats about No More Heroes. No More Heroes was released in 2007 for the Wii and is a hack-and-slash action-adventure game. And the title, No More Heroes, comes from an album from the British punk band The Stranglers. So okay. I kind of want to listen to this album before going into this game now, after knowing that fact. Me and Nick played in a punk band. Me and Nick know some punk music. Mm-hmm. I have never heard of The Stranglers. Yeah, me neither. I don't know if that just like sold my punk points up yeah, the you river. Yeah, no more cred. <laughs> <laughs> I got no more cred, but I've never heard of The Stranglers. 
Right, so, so, but okay, that's that's a, that's a side point. That seems like a good vibe. Like I might just listen to this album on the way home and just get really into the vibe of this game. Well, I'll just come in. I wonder if we could get away with playing the Stranglers on the podcast as like an opening. Probably not now because that that bill is going to get us all with that yeah, stuff. You're going to prison. <laughs> we're going to go to prison for playing the Stranglers. Thanks a lot, Mitch. That's yeah, the most punk we, thing. Oh, it's Tom Tillis. It's Tom Thanks Tillis. A lot, Tom. Yeah, fuck you, Tom. Um... <laughs> I can do that. Don't act like I can't. We're going hard right now. Man, we're going hard. We tagged. <laughs> I love the fact that my hit list is Ninja and Tom Tiller. <laughs> like, that's my list of people. <laughs> oh, I love these late night episodes. Um, so, continue, please. Continue. Okay. Um, if I get this name right, Goishi Suda, or uh, AKA Suda51, uh, was. Uh, it's a very prominent figure in like the games industry, making weird games. I think you played one of his games, Shadow of the Dam. I played multiples of his games. I played Shadow of the Dam, which I recently started replaying. I hopped in just to see if it was something we could do for the show, mm-hmm. and I would love to do that game for the show. But I don't think anybody really cares about Shadow of the Dam. <laughs> but it's um, and then he did a didn't he do Vanquished? I don't. Or is that just a Grasshopper game? I don't think that was him per se. I didn't the same look studio, up. correct? Though, isn't? I, I want to say that's right. But either way, Shadows of the Dam is very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, you should play it. It comes out around the time that like the third portion behind the back shootable action game was big, but it is just batshit crazy. Like I have, oh, I, I have Vanquished. It's on my hard drive. That's just have, a game. It, a lot of games that I would have been played by now. Our stuff when we were talking about doing this podcast have just been sitting there going, I want to, you I have, could play this, but I know we'll, I have a feeling we want to go to it eventually. Let me pitch this to you. Okay. You have a, a skull on a stick who's a British guy named Johnson. Uh huh. Who you switch to a gun mm-hmm. to shoot people with, or shoot demons with, particularly demons. And you have upgrades like Big Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> what happens when you shoot people, Eric? Does he have a tagline? Oh, yes. Yeah, because he's Garcia fucking Hotspur. And that's his middle name. Like, in the, the credits, he's labeled as Garcia fucking Hotspur. Like, and he, he, that's the entire version of that game is just like, it's what a 12-year-old would think would be freaking badass. But the problem is a 29-year-old was sitting there being like, this is still freaking badass. <laughs> like, man... It's so good. Mm-hmm. He rides a freak. He takes Johnson and makes him into a motorcycle at one point. <laughs> it's amazing. This uh, No More Heroes was originally going to be on the <laughs> Michael No sells it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's cool. I guess. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you make business. No More Heroes was originally going to be on the Xbox 360, but in Suda 51 fashion, he's like, "Do we have motion controls? This game would be much better with motion controls." We so, talked about this before because, like, I'm not playing this with motion controls. Nick said he might, might try might with take, motion controls. You can go back and forth just to see what it's like. Yeah. You, it does have a warning at the beginning reminding you to wear your straps. Yeah. Wear your straps, boys and girls. Don't want any broken TVs like the Wii era. That's just good advice. So I knew a, I knew a girl who threw a TV, uh, broke a TV, the Wii. Growing up, she threw a Wii right into a TV. This isn't a sex joke. This is me being honest. She threw a Wii into the TV. Wii That's remote or the Wii itself? <laughs> just picked it up and threw it the into the whole TV. Wii. <laughs> the fact that I snorted over that dumb joke is hilarious. I don't know. She just threw a Wii into a TV. I don't know. But yeah, the structure of this game. <laughs> this is just me freaking screwing Michael now. <laughs> is based on like uh, samurai movies and something like uh, El Top- 
El Topo, which is a very strange movie if you've ever seen it, and it centers around a man who has to... The movie centers around a man who has to go and uh, kill a bunch of, like, masters in their craft. And the series, No More Heroes, became a cult classic. It sold very poorly at launch, but sales eventually did well enough to warrant a sequel, No More Heroes 2 on the Wii, Travis Strikes Again, a spinoff on the Switch, and No More Heroes 3, which is coming out sometime this year, if all holds... Um well we keep saying travis but his name is travis touchdown that's a, that's the name you have to say the full name of I yeah feel like. you can't just yeah. say travis you, you have to say travis, travis touchdown. touchdown my boy much tt like, much like garcia fucking hotspur <laughs> pretty much you yeah. know so one thing we've learned about this man he knows how to name a main character right? exactly um yeah uh, this is this game's available on the Wii, the ps3 but everything i looked up said do not play the ps3 port and Switch, and also on the 360 if you have a Japanese Xbox. Huh. Oh, wow. Huh. I don't. I don't. I don't. I live in America. Um, but we're uh, playing this up to... We're going to be playing this in two sections, and the halfway point is a boss called Holly Summers. Um, I believe she... Okay, I actually started this today, mm-hmm. and uh, I believe that you... Are we playing to the point that we beat that boss? Yes. So she is... The game is... This is not a spoiler for the game. It's in the tagline of the game. You're going to be fighting ten assassins. Mm-hmm. This is the fifth assassin. This is the fifth boss fight. So you should be facing... You should be ranked number six. Or when you five are, when you're... Well, if you're beating her. You, you beat her, then you... Ten, nine, eight, seven, six... Yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay, but whatever. What, you be, Holly Summers. Beat Holly beat, Summers. Beat Holly Summers. Watch, as, as usual, watch any of the cutscenes that follows. Uh, yeah. I imagine yeah. there's a lot of side quests in this game um, being an open world thing. So I, I played the to... first 45 minutes of it. You seem to not just go straight to the fights with the, the samurais. You have to... There looks to be a mechanic involved earning money to be able to pay to assault the next portion. Okay. So it's almost like you have to enter the, the challenge. Like It's like an entry fee. All right. This game is weird. I'm very excited to play this. This is one that I have, like, no idea what to expect with I, this, and I'm very excited. I am stone-faced as anything right now. I have so many questions. But I uh, <laughs> will tell you, it's going to be a hell of a ride. I'm very excited. We are all going to have fun with this one. For good or ill, I do not know, because I'm stone-faced as anything. But it's gonna, we're going to have a good time. Uh, so, no more heroes. We're going to fight Holly Summers. Which sounds like a like a nineteen nineties actress, like somebody who was like a guest star in Friends, um, but yeah, it's going to be really fun. Um, I'm really looking forward to this one, Nick. This is a good choice by you. Thank you. So uh, this will be a two part episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll do this fight with Holly Summers, and then we'll finish the game on the next go around. Uh, season two going to be fun, going to be awesome. We have some cool plans that we're going to chat about and. Uh, Look for some cool little bonus stuff coming out throughout the season. Uh, Hope your 2021 has started well. And uh, just hang in there and tell your friends. We appreciate it. State of the Save at Twiddle. At State of the Save on Twiddle. And on TikTok now. And on TikTok. Okay, so here's my question. We were going to go home, but now we're going to (laughs) stop. I was taking it home, but now we can't. I have this thing. None of us are big Twiddle people. All of us are way too old to be on TikTok. <laughs> but what if what if we tried to get really big on TikTok? I posted one thing that was just a gameplay clip of something I made months ago and it got 
400 views and like 20 likes. So this might be the route to go. So what <laughs> happens if we try to get super big on TikTok? Let's let's do it. <laughs> All right. Help us be big on TikTok. Let's get the Gen that's Z the, crowd in. The, yeah, that's the only thing I want. I just want to be big on TikTok. What 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 game? What games are the Gen C, Z crowd playing that we can do? Probably not freaking No More Heroes. <laughs> like, let's be honest with ourselves. Our games, but maybe like we're going to tap into like this secret like underground TikTok, where like all the Gen Zs who are like the cool Gen Zs are going to jump in and be like, "We like these old guys. These old guys are really cool." And I say old guys like I'm. I'll be, a, all, cool, I'll be a cool old guy. We're all in our twenties, but I feel like you even in your twenties is too old for TikTok. Like, I see people on TikTok who are, like, clearly in their 40s, and I feel the need to go call somebody. <laughs> like, sir, I would like to report this man. He's on the TikTok. Um, but, yeah. Uh, State of the Save at uh, Twitter.com at TikTok. Whatever TikTok.com. I don't know why I made this last night. I don't know. This is my, I'm super excited about us having a TikTok. I got to learn some Fortnite dances. <laughs> are we going to do the dances? Of course. No one wants to see that. I thought okay. you just said we were going to get go. big. That's how you I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Okay. Challenges are big with the kids, right? Oh. Yeah. Okay. My kids are always talking about challenges. <laughs> is it sad that we're like, oh, kids talk about challenges? <laughs> um, but, okay. If this episode can hit... 250 listens in the next week that's pretty fast week we're gonna do the dance we'll do the dance on the tiktok that means you have to go out there and tell a bunch of people and you gotta do it quick because i'm talking in a week i ain't saying that two week bullshit all right in a week 250 listens for this episode first episode season two i'm starting it real low me easy to reach and we'll go from there we'll do the dance on the fucking tiktok uh, you can also send emails into stateofsave at gmail.com. We will uh, we will read those emails like we did during our holiday special. Also, five stars on iTunes and reviews and all yes. that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Five stars on Apple. Five stars, please. Yeah. Hang in there. Stay safe. See you. Bye.